Before we begin this week's episode, I wanted to say that we shot this episode before the coronavirus came crashing down the world over. So it is a fun, peppy episode about the ups and downs of poly birthdays and being with all of your favorite people, which is maybe sort of tone deaf given that we are all of us in social isolation and most of us are not lucky enough to be isolated with multiple partners or metamorphs. So we apologize for that, but did not have time to write a whole new episode for this week. That's not how our production schedule works. What we have had time to do is we are going to put together a virtual hangout for you, our listeners, and us next Saturday, the 28th at 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time, so East Coast Time. Adjust as necessary to figure out where you are. We're going to be rolling out some more details here in the next couple of days, but we are going to have an online group call that you can call into and participate in. You can participate vocally or you can participate via text. And we're just going to hang out, chat, answer questions, and just generally be a community. A lot of people are feeling socially isolated, so this is just one small thing that we're doing that we hope will help some people. And it is on the off week, so if you're missing probably Polly and every other week we don't produce an episode, here's a good way to get a little bit of a extra fix. We do hope to see you all there. We hope you're all staying safe and practicing good social distancing. It is 11 o'clock at night and I am a morning person so I am not going to attempt to do a micro coronavirus episode that I will simply get wrong. Instead I am going to record an actual episode in a couple of days and put it out in a couple of weeks that talks about some of this in more detail. I will say please do follow the guidelines please do stay at home. This is important. There is a historical precedent for social distancing effectively curtailing significant viruses. We should have probably started earlier as a country, and I'm glad there's finally some significant motion and leadership in the direction of getting us through this very difficult time, and I hope that all of you are safe and happy wherever you are in the world. Welcome to episode 47 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Haig. And I'm your co-host, Mandy Cohen. Announcements. I think RelateCon Atlanta is coming up soon enough that we want to be announcing that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, August 7th through 9th. Mm-hmm. Here in Atlanta, uh, you can get tickets at relatecon.org and you can check us out on Facebook at RelateCon Atlanta. Is there a discounted early purchase price or? There is not. We're actually doing tickets on a sliding scale this year, so there's not any sales. All right, so how does the sliding scale work? When you try and buy the ticket, does it tell you? Yes, there's three different tiers and we're trying to make it affordable for everyone. So we have, um, when you go to purchase the tickets for RelateCon Atlanta, it is a three-tier system. So we're trying to increase accessibility for the community to attend the event. So we have kind of a three-tiered sliding scale, but you kind of get to decide where you end up on the tier system. There's tier one allows your community to help you offset some of the cost. So it's kind of a discounted rate. Tier two allows you to cover the cost for your attendance. It's the normal price for the conference. And then tier three helps others access the event. Um, So it's a little um, bit higher than your regular price, but it also helps offset those who have to purchase the first tier price tickets. 
Interesting. We're just doing everything that we can to make RelateCon accessible to everyone in the community. Yeah, that's great. And we've had people in the past ask how they can help, you know, how they can help in additional ways to purchasing their ticket. Well, now you have a built-in way to do that. Yeah, now we want to allow people who do have the privilege of having the, the padded wallets to be able to help those who do not. Cool. Are you still accepting presenter applications? Presenter applications are open now and they will close on May 1st. So get those in so we can make make sure that you are put into the pool with all the other great presenters that are sending me proposals. So you'll have just short of two months to get your presenter applications in and you can do that at relatecon.org. If you scroll down towards the middle of the page, you'll see that 2020 call for presenters is open. If you'll click on that, that's where you can enter a proposal to present. That's the end of our announcements, yeah? I mean, besides my birthday today. Right, right, right. <laughs> As of the actual recording day, today is also Mandy's birthday. Happy Yay! birthday, Mandy. Thank you. Did you want to tell everyone what birthday it is? Or are we skipping that part? No, no, no. I'm 40. I am 4-0 today. But it's it's been nice. I've had a really nice weekend. Um, I did a lot of self-care this weekend. And just kind of did what I wanted to do for the last three days and it's been nice. Happy 40th, Mandy. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to... <laughs> and you're going to have your big birthday bash. You can tell us how it all went in a few weeks. I will. It's in the next few weeks, right? Yeah, it's next weekend. Awesome. So we will actually have that for the next time we record. Yes. I'll probably still be hungover when we record next Sunday. Oh, we're going to record when you're hungover? Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Make it a super philosophical so I can just sit here and go... Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, happy birthday to everybody else whose birthday it is this month. We got a question that's a pretty short question that we got that we've actually sort of talked about, but we've never directly just said, here's the question. Here's our answer. I don't think anywhere. So even if we have, you know, at this point, we have enough episodes of telling someone to go listen to all of the episodes to find a two second snippet. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And it's a question that comes up all the time. So it's worth going over again, which is just when to bring up that you are poly when you're talking to a new person. And this person got into some like extra deep layers of that question, which I thought were just vaguely interesting. Like they took it incredibly literally, like, should I just start randomly telling everyone I meet that I'm poly because they could eventually become someone that I'm interested in and I don't want to deceive them from telling them that I'm poly because if I'm supposed to tell them before I get to know them but I get to know them as a friend and then I want to date them do I have I already gone too far past what I'm supposed to tell them to be that's fair (laughs) (laughs) you know and then the concordant question which is I don't want to be the poly guy or that's my entire identity I want to be like a person but part of my identity is that I'm also poly and I don't want to run around walking up to people and going hi I'm poly when I meet them the first time that is the accurate concern I think usually people use the idea of sort of reasonably foreseeable. Yeah. So if there's not a reasonably foreseeable chance that you're dating someone, I don't think... Like, if you're not even talking about dating, I don't think you need to tell them. I would think that that anyone that you're going to date, you're going to have enough foreseeable future there to tell whether you're going to date them. Some lead time. Instead of... (laughs) Right. You'll have plenty of time when you realize, hey, this might be Mm -hmm. a romantic interest or a relationship interest, rather. And yeah, you'll have plenty of time. Unless you're dating in the poly community and then you don't have to. Right. Then then everyone already knows. Right. Yeah. And that's the only community I would think that you wouldn't have time to tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. So if you meet somebody for the first time, and you're like, wow, this person's cute. It is really presumptuous to assume that you're going to get to date that person, I think. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. just because you meet someone that you would date, like you see them and go, oh, I would date this person, that you need to be like, you need to know I'm Polly. 
I'm Polly. Right. Before continuing to talk to them. You should probably also tell them that you think of, you're thinking about dating them. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And I think maybe when you get to talking about one, you should talk about the other. I would actually say that you do, though, want to tell them you're Polly maybe sooner even than you might think in that context if you're getting to know them in a different context. Because the last episode, we talked about setting up the idea of friends with possibilities so people don't sort of box you into a category. But if someone meets you and mm-hmm. you find out you have a long-term partner, childbearing partner, live-in partner, wife, whatever you're calling it, they might start trying to compartmentalize you out of being attractive to them. Right. So waiting until you're totally ready to tell them, you might have waited way too long. Like, it's definitely better to set the expectation that there's a possibility there. Yeah. Rather than exceeding that time limit and them not really seeing you in that light anymore. So for an entirely functional reason, not even an ethical reason, Mm -hmm. you might want to not be like just yelling your poly, but at a certain point, bring up your relationship. Maybe when you're talking about if you have a partner. I don't think you have to go around telling people. I think you only have to tell people that you're trying to date, think you're going to date, etc. The person also said something along the lines of there's people that feel very strongly you have to tell people like online before you even meet them. I think you definitely want to. Like if you are on a website to specifically date, yes, absolutely. You need to tell them in the first three messages back and forth, like or have it on your profile. Most of us have it in our profile and then also make sure that the person confirms that they notice it at some point in the first three messages. And that's, again, not an ethical consideration. It's just a pragmatic one. The whole point of dating online is it gives you access to millions of people. So why are you going to set yourself up for failure? Right. You know, most people... It either doesn't matter or it's a deal breaker. And if it's a deal breaker, I don't know why you wouldn't want to tell them... early on because then you don't have to go on a whole date with someone and get excited about it just to find out that it's a deal breaker like right as soon as possible so then you get into the ethics question part and the ethics question is because you might be thinking well if i wait maybe they meet me in person they'll be willing to get over it basically that's such conceit to think that you're just hot enough to for them to not well, for them to change the way that they that they manage relationships. Well, some people do do that. I mean, that does happen. I mean, people do decide to try being poly because the person they're talking to is attractive enough to them that it's worth it for them to risk that. I don't know that you should go into it thinking that, though. Well, I, I'm thinking here is like a strategy. Not for that particular person, but if your strategy is going on 20 dates and maybe one of them will be attracted enough to you in person to try it anyway. But the point is, you don't want to convert people. Right. Like, converting people by accident is one thing. Like, you meet someone, you know them organically, you guys get really interested in each other, and they're, you know, find out that you're poly, and they think about it, and they have the time to process it, and then they're like, well, maybe I could try that. Right. And the person's someone that you just care about a lot, so it's sort of worth investing the effort. But again, the whole point of internet dating is that it's trying to put you next to people who are enough like you. You're just signing yourself up for tons of failure, tons of stress, and tons of drama and work to not do that truth but where it changes from being the right thing to do for you to being an ethical imperative is when you are with intention trying to get the person invested enough in you that it would harm them to break up with you before you tell them you're polyamorous so that they are for lack of a better term hooked so before the feels start because if your plan is i'm going to get them up through nre where they'll basically accept anything and then tell them i'm polyamorous they're not going to hear it really they're going to only sort of hear it it's not a great plan the other distinction that the person noted was does it matter if you have a partner or don't have a partner when you date them when you have to tell them and i would say no yeah that doesn't matter because you could be walking in the park and meet somebody and start to show interest them in them and the person that you're talking to thinks that you are beginning a monogamous relationship yeah 
That's right. Because you've not told them any different. So well, and that just gets into that ethical part, which is the the thing is, if you have a partner, you're just functionally have to tell them because the person's gonna wonder where you keep disappearing to, and or why they can't visit your house, and or you know why they can't see the pictures in your phone. <laughs> Who's that guy yelling in the background? Yeah, who all these people are <laughs> on Facebook? Like, yeah. So it's just pragmatically difficult if you have a partner, but if you don't have a partner and you don't tell them, I think you're definitely leaning into the idea of hooking them before you're going to tell them. You're setting yourself up for failure. No, not that. I'm saying the, the moral part that you're hooking their emotional core. Oh, you're basically pretending. Mm-hmm. And this is that uh, the difference between a pragmatic lie and a semantic lie which is you're not saying i'm monogamous which is a semantic lie but you're doing everything you can to look monogamous you have no other partners you're mentioning no other partners you're only spending time with them you're presumably using monogamous ish language like i love you you're the greatest you're my future my one and only singular language other elements like that and you're letting them think you're monogamous until hopefully i guess the goal is to get them so attached that they are willing to overcome their concern about polyamory when you finally share it. And obviously that sort of intentional manipulation goes against consent, right? So we talk about that robust, non-coercive informed consent where you tell people anything you'd think they would want to know in order to consent to it. Anything you would want to know? Well, both. Anything you would want to know, but also anything they'd want to know. Anything you imagine they'd want to know. And I have never met a monogamous person that would not want to know that they were (laughs) dating a polyamorous person. And honestly, I've never met a poly person that wouldn't want to know what kind of person they're dating. This is true. I met a couple that won't tell you. So you could end up having two hilariously poly people both pretending to be monogamous and dating theoretically. (laughs) And that's going to be better when one of you tells the other. But that's just luck. It's not ethics. Like you still both violated consent in that case, especially if you get into having sex or doing other things that they might literally hinge on their willingness to do on the idea that they can imagine a monogamous future with you. Mm -hmm. That gets to be very usury. Early. That's the answer. Yeah, as early as you can comfortably. As early as possible. But you don't have to out yourself to every human being you meet in preparation for the possibility that you might be dating them. Because not every human being is one I want to date you. Yeah, that's right. That's also the presumption part. Like, you don't need to meet them and be like, oh, you're cute. You should know I'm Polly. Because I know you're interested. So now to our main topic. Birthdays. My birthday. Yeah. Mandy's birthday. (laughs) No, no. Birthdays generally. So we've done holidays and birthdays in a way are like holidays, but the the approach and the lens is so different that it is actually something that you're going to have to learn to negotiate. And it's often one of the more difficult things to negotiate. And there's a couple different ways to look at it because you have what do you do when it's a partner's birthday and they're demanding something that's hard for you to do, especially in terms of your other partner's needs. Uh, not demanding, but you know, on birthdays, you get birthday wishes and people, right, people expect yeah. you to go the extra mile or would like you to go the extra mile or you would like to go the extra mile. And alternatively, how do you navigate when everyone wants to be with you on your special day but doesn't necessarily want to be with each other i thought you were gonna share your birthday with me i thought i was gonna be able to take you out and do something yeah i know for sure for me one of the core things that i would do on my birthday back when i was monogamous was always a whole day of sex basically so that would be a hard one to share (laughs) with a new partner i'm kind of disappointed now uh I shopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for this for this year, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
I did not have a whole day of sex. I make a really big production out of my birthday. My birthday is always like at least a week long. Yes. And I usually have one day that's for all of my friends and chosen family, one evening that is for my actual family, and then one day, if I can, between a half a day and a whole day, that is probably mostly sex with each of my partners, is what my birthday week usually looks like. So... I'm all depressed now. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to depress you. (laughs) I went shopping. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm really poor, so I do not usually get to go shopping on my birthday. It was more like thrift store shopping than mall shopping, but... And I spent... I did. Like, I did fun things, so... It wasn't sex fun things, but they were fun things nonetheless. Birthdays are one of my favorite parts about being polyamorous because I love people and I know I'm an extrovert, but everyone who's poly likes at least a couple of extra people. Just a couple. And having all of your people paying all of the attention to you and not even feeling guilty. Like it's the one time a year that I don't feel guilty about asking for whatever it is that I want. Because you're supposed to. Yeah, because you're supposed to. That's right. So like I don't have to think about like, oh my God, is this going to be too much? Is it going to be too draining? Because if I restrict myself to only asking once a year, I can't possibly be too much, especially as we've talked about my my extrovert guilt with all of my introvert partners <laughs> i make a huge deal out of it as i said i do like a whole week of birthdays or more sometimes it's two weeks depending on how long it takes to get everybody signed up and i buy myself my own birthday gifts i do the same at least for my family because lissa is not a birthday present buyer <laughs> so my nesting partner is a horrible birthday present buyer mm-hmm. and it aggravates me because he goes shopping with me and he goes do you want those shoes do you want those shoes i can get those shoes for you i'm like stop stop <laughs> trying to like pick off my buys here so you feel better about getting i'm me- right here i'm already buying yeah, yeah so does, you yeah. feel like you've gotten me a birthday present like no well, you don't get to just come in and just buy something for me that i'm fixing to buy for myself <laughs> i want some thought put in it Polly can make birthdays incredible because there are so many more elements, so many more facets that you can explore with birthdays with different people. Yeah, my absolutely best birthday was the one birthday that I've had multiple partners at the same time at. I've actually only had one birthday in all my Polly years that I had partners, two partners at the same time still for my birthday. Not sexually though, right? Uh, Actually, that was the one threesome I've had. (laughs) (laughs) So it was that. (laughs) (laughs) I did not have to separate, as it turned out, from having my all-day sex day that year. Nice. Um, Go partners. But that's one of the things that made that that birthday amazing. Because it's not something you do every day. That is not something I do every year. That was definitely sort of my top birthday so far, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next year I'm making it a priority to have an all-day sex day on my birthday. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad i could inspire you i like it i'm you know, envious maybe, not jealous but i'm envious <laughs> maybe you can if you if you can't get one partner to agree you can like break it up by sections like you come over for the first four hours and then i take an hour break and then you right. come over for four hours i take an hour break <laughs> or i can just have sex with random people multiple times <laughs> sure <laughs> Either way, that I'm all having sex like a great all day idea. on my birthday next year. There you go, guys. Sign Inspiring up. Mandy on what to do with her birthday. <laughs> I feel like I hit a new high today. <laughs> oh, I really feel like a superstar. That's what I was missing. That's so, so funny. Did you see that Facebook post? <laughs> Which Facebook post? I made like the, this post that said, hey, I'm doing all this self-care for my birthday. I'm doing this and I'm doing this oh, and I'm doing this. Yeah. What am I forgetting? <laughs> A whole day of sex. 
sex that, day. The whole That's day what of I'm sex forgetting. Is yes. What you're missing. I did not have the partner problem this year just because I don't really have, I only have two partners right now um, that are local. Well, we already know that Mandy has very strong boundaries around these sorts of things where it's like, we're each going to get a different day. Probably no one gets a specific day. I don't place an additional value on the day itself. So please don't place an additional value on the day itself. The base level advice is going to be the same as holidays, which is all those same things, which are try to avoid letting people place emphasis on the day. If one of your partners mm-hmm. does play emphasis on the day, probably just don't see any partners on that day. And then you won't have to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, it's your birthday, so you should spend it with you. Maybe have your birthday be the day that you see everybody yeah. maybe put on my birthday in that case so that all my partners could be there and it wouldn't be a fight over who's getting the special day with me that year. Right. But I do think it is a little bit different because holidays, everybody's trying to get their own rituals and needs met and they have a strong sense of what the holiday is supposed to look like. And for birthdays, I think it's much more birthday person centric. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more about what that person thinks birthdays look should look like or what you think birthdays should look like more than anything else. And you should probably communicate what you feel like your birthday should look like just so you're not disappointed when it's not the exact same as what your partner thinks your birthday should look like. Like many of the things that we talk about on this podcast, that rolls right over to monogamy as well. <laughs> well and, it, and it's about communication, but it's the question isn't should you communicate, it's how to make that communication happen. Yes. Definitely nobody should expect people to be mind readers and you should not use your partner's ability to glean what you'll want for your birthday as a metric of how much they care about you. Now you can enjoy people being good at reading you as most of us do. Mm -hmm. And if you have a partner who has that particular gift and interest and is willing to set up cool holidays and birthdays and special events for you, you should praise them for that. But just remember that your partner that can't or fails to do that, that's not a good metric for how much that person cares about you. Right. Don't put that kind of pressure on your partner where you're going to be disappointed. Because some people are really terrible at guessing or reading other people or remembering what they want or gathering intel or all of the sub skills that one has to have in order to actually be able to put together a particularly insightful celebration that feels like mind reading. So let me tell you, um, I have one of my partners is putting together a big birthday party for me next weekend. Mm -hmm. And I brought my best friends in on it because I wanted to make sure that there was a board of people. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's proactivity right there. Yes, because my partner asked me, what type of birthday party do you want? What theme? I said, well, let's stop and let's think. It was like the best decade that I've been alive. It was the 90s by far. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I would love a 90s themed party. You see 80s themed parties, 80s themed parties all the time. But you don't see 90s themed parties. So I was like, oh, I want a 90s themed party. I think that would be amazing. Then we don't talk about it for like two weeks. Then he sits down and he's like, oh, let me share you with some of these ideas that I have for the party. And this partner happens to be five years younger than me. (laughs) So the 90s were very different for him than they were for me. Yeah. So he says, let, let me sit down and, and give you some of these ideas that I have for this party. And like I said, he's he's five years younger than me. So the 90s were a very different experience for him than they were for me. They were Pearl Jam and Nirvana for me. And they were the Big Orange Couch and Green Slime and Doug for him. What the fuck are... Like, I'm five years younger and they were also Pearl Jam and Nirvana for me and not any of the other things that you just said. 
I don't even know what like, big green couch or the middle one was. I don't know what either of those things. The big orange couch and green slime and Doug. Okay, I know what Doug is. I never watched Doug, but I know I'm aware it exists. So it was more Nickelodeon for him and more MTV for me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. MTV already did not have music videos by the time that I got there. But I did own a radio, right. which is how I heard the other things in the 90s. So, yeah, in the first part of the 90s, music videos still existed <laughs> uh, as a regular staple on, on MTV. Yeah, one of the weirdest things about the 90s for me is there was this movie that I loved called The Flight of the Navigator. Love Flight of the Navigator. Right? But it was like 92. And when he is in the hospital, he turns on MTV and it's music videos. And I was like, it, what? And I had to like huh? look up what was happening in the movie because I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it later, like on TV and then recorded <laughs> right. it and had a copy of it. Right. And I was like, I don't understand what he's watching. Like, this should be like the people... real world. Yeah, the real world. This should be like the real world. People <laughs> living in a house together. I don't. There's like no music videos on MTV. And I learned, I had to look it up and it was like, there used to be 100% music videos all the time. Absolutely. I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's so much better than what we have right now. I would yeah. totally turn that on and just watch that. Yeah. It was a very different experience for him than it was for me. The 90s were my high school years mm -hmm. where they were more his middle school years and end of elementary school. So he's all like, I'm going to make green slime punch <laughs> and like I'm going to hang CDs everywhere. And like, well, the CDs sounds fair, right? We all had CDs in the 90s. The CDs sound fair. There was like there was a lot of Nickelodeon themed stuff and there was something else. That's just really weird. That's not the 90s. I mean, Nick's still big right now with kids. That's just being a kid. I feel like he didn't understand how themes worked. Like Nickelodeon was huge when we were kids. It's still huge. I mean, it is, but. I mean, look, if you have a 70s theme party, you don't do like 70s kids stuff. When you do a decade party, it's based on like the adult activities of that decade. It's unique to that one moment. My point is he could throw a 20s party. If we had told right. him to do a 20s party, he wouldn't have been like, what was non-existence like? And like, throw a party with just black darkness and nothing happens. Like, right. he would understand that the 20s existed independently of his age demographic, is what I'm saying. Like, that's not how decade themes work. Right. Like, that theme is a high school theme, right? Like, that's, like, you have a, I've seen high school theme parties, but then the theme is high school, not 90s or... Right. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but... He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this podcast either, so he won't get offended that no. I explained, said that no, he doesn't know how. Yeah. It's not going to be offended. <laughs> so, yeah. That's knowing your partner's weaknesses, too. That's important. So you don't get your hopes up and let them do that and then be crushed when you freaking knew that that is not in their skill set. Right. And that was why I brought in my <laughs> friends to kind of help with everything because they're my age. Mm -hmm. I brought them in to go, uh, no, no green slime punch. I just think it's a great example of, say, of that miscommunication where I just said 90s theme and not my 90s theme <laughs> instead of his 90s theme. Mm -hmm. And granted, I didn't stop and say, okay, this is what the 90s looked like to me. And But he didn't stop and go, okay, what did the 90s look like to you? Because there is an age difference. And what would you like to see then at this party? Specificity is key. <laughs> but I also brought in reinforcements as well. Yeah. And when, then hopefully in polyamory, you have plenty of reinforcements. You have a lot, usually a lot more chosen family, a lot more integrated mm -hmm. friendships, uh, maybe alternate partners, multiple partners. If they get along, or, you know, happy metamors could potentially plan your party if that was appropriate. I'm the conference planner. You know what I mean? Like, that's, sure. this is my job normally. And he was just like, I want to do this for you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but I want you to do it right. <laughs> you want to do this for me, but I want to enjoy it. Yeah. We talked about 
accepting gifts well getting people the gifts they want is the flip side of that element as well which is like if you keep trying to give someone a gift that they didn't ask for and maybe especially have said i definitely do not want and then get mad when they're not happy with it yeah that to me feels like it's on you i think i've told this story before but this is a different context for it but i don't like photos because i don't have a visual memory photos freak me out so like i always see myself as what i look like right now because i can't remember anything else so like my memories of being five are like a tiny version of a tall bearded man running around on rocks because I don't have memories of what it looked like being five. And so photos always creep me out really bad. I'm getting better now. I used to have a very strong existential dread of death and now not as much. So they also reminded me that I was dying Mm. because I don't normally remember that that's happening. And then I would see photos of myself being young and it was alien and confusing to me and it shoved me into an existential nightmare. And so I hate photos. My girlfriend, I don't know if she knew I hated photos, how much she knew I hated photos, but she got me one of those like things where they go to the mall and they give them a photo and they make like a glass element, like that's like laser etched to be sort of a mm-hmm. vaguely 3D version of your photo right, right. of you. And she was like, you don't really have any photos anywhere. So I thought I would give you this photo. And I was like, was the fact that I have zero photos. Don't you think if I liked photos, I'd have them around? <laughs> Like, any kind of hint to you that I maybe didn't want photos. Like, I was just my face. I opened the box and just had this, like, my face just dropped, I think. And she was like, that's the worst face I've ever seen anyone make. I'm so sad. And, like, she, like, my whole rest of my birthday was about her feeling, like, upset that I didn't like her present. And I was like, you can't ruin my birthday because you... Gave a shitty present. ...guessed and guessed wrong (laughs) about what I would like. Yeah. If you're gonna trust yourself to give someone a present, especially a present that you know is, like, nothing they have maybe that'll be the knock it out of the park present because they didn't know that photos existed before but probably they're going to be very confused by your gift unless it is something they have a reason not to have known about like if you're giving if you've never seen your partner eat fruit and you're like have a pear like you know those pears you can get people for presents like the the extra nice box of pears and you've never seen them eat a fruit probably not the way to go but Maybe they'll be like, what fruit exists? I don't know. Maybe they weren't raised with fruit. I'm not sure. You send the vegetarian like a steak by the month subscription. You just haven't had the right steak yet. But if there's something that you want to give someone and they're resisting you giving it to them, that's not okay. Right. Like you need to be like, all right, well, I know I want to give this to you and I'm sorry that you don't want to give it to me. And you can have that discussion and try and talk to them about if there's a way in which you could give that gift that wouldn't upset them. But like, this is a really important birthday for you and you want it to go right. This isn't the birthday to try that. Like if he wants to try that, it needs to be a different birthday. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I've never had anyone plan, I don't know, anything for me. I don't know what I would do in that context. Well, you're going to run into the same... Maybe your parents have a birthday dinner for you every year. Yeah. Yeah? Who do you bring? That could get awkward if you haven't... Yeah, if you haven't reconciled... If you're not out or you haven't reconciled that you're out. So even if you are out, but your parents only let you bring one partner to things. But I'm sorry, that's your fucking birthday party or birthday dinner. You should be able to bring whoever you want. But if... That's not something that you're comfortable doing with. It could bring up a lot of hurt feelings for partners who expect to be there. Like I said, I have a family dinner that I do every year with my birthday. And I think in the scenario that my parents wouldn't allow me to bring one of my partners if I wasn't willing to boycott the dinner entirely for some reason. And I see my family like five times a week or something. So I would totally just boycott my dinner and be like, you guys are mean. (laughs) You should let all my partners come. It's celebrating my birthday and my life, not your vision of what my life should look like. This is not about you. 
you, yeah. But if I didn't see them, like, I know people whose parents, like, come down for their birthdays, you know, like, from hours away, and they don't see them very often, and I wanted to see them, then I would probably bring none of my partners. I would be like, well, if you guys can't accept how I date, then you can't accept how I date, so... Any of them, across the board. Right, you don't get to be part of that life, mm-hmm. basically, at all, if you're not willing to accept it. I want to see you, but that doesn't mean my partner has to see you, or... Right. You get to pick your favorite partner, or play favorites with my partners, or play Havoc on my you partners. You don't get to only date one of my partners, because I'm not only dating one yeah. of my partners, so... <laughs> right, yeah. There you go, that's a good way of saying it. If you want to bond with my partners, you bond with my partners, not... Plural. Yeah, not ignoring yeah. one of them. Not that you have to like them all equally, because they're just people, and you like different people with different amounts but like you can't disinvite some of my partners from our events right. that's just not acceptable in a lot of ways it's birthday parties are some of the most exciting celebrations in poly communities because they are the ones that have a lot more freedom around them mm-hmm. so it's a lot easier to have a big crazy all of my partners plus my partners metamors plus my friends have a certain kind of party that i'm interested in because it's your day and no one's going to complain about it yep because it's not like it's Christmas. They're not going to be like, you're ruining Christmas. Yeah, you don't have to share it with Santa Claus or a bunny or... A thousand years of tradition yeah. or a hundred years of tradition or 50 years of tradition. And It's your birthday. You don't ruin other people's birthdays by having your birthday the way that yes. you want it. So it's not like people go, well, this is ruining my Christmas. Like, yeah, it's not your Christmas. It's my birthday. Yeah. You can't possibly tell me it's ruining your, ver- your attendance of my birthday. Get out of here. That's not how birthdays work. It does allow for a lot more freedoms and a lot more exciting celebrations, I think. I think that's a great point. It's a great opportunity to make those connections. So you should consider reaching out if you can to your metamors and then even to your partners that are your other partners metamors as an opportunity to be participatory if they're interested, of course, not in saying you should force them, but just say, hey, we're working on this. Is This is a way for you to do something. Would you like to participate in it? Yeah. And if you're if it's your meta's birthday and you don't really know them, that's a great way to get, you know, you want to get them a gift. You don't know what to get them. It's a, it's a great uh, opportunity to just chip in on your partners, your shared partners present or something like that. Oh, and that's a good point that I've heard a lot from people in poly communities is shared gifts. Shared gifts, that's having a pool of money to purchase a present or to pay for a party is definitely easier on everyone. And I think this is also where some of my culture is showing, but in my life, we do big gifts on Christmas and smaller gifts on birthdays. Mm. So pooling money for birthday gifts makes more sense in my brain because it seems more likely that if you want to get someone a gift worth like a really nice gift, pooling to or three people's and see i think it's opposite for me is it like i give bigger birthday presents than i do christmas presents because i have so many people to buy for at christmas time my money's got to go further mm-hmm. does that make sense i see so but if it's just a birthday it's just that one person or maybe two people you know what i mean yeah i'm kind of a big planner i spend all year paying attention to and like acquiring and storing christmas gifts oh yeah no holiday gifts are only bought for me from like october to december 24th i see I see how that works. No, yeah, I definitely don't do that. I definitely spend the year sort of curating my gift list for people. And so for birthdays, it's a little bit less. Just because, you know, everybody ends up with a birthday, too. So you can end up having to give a lot more birthday presents. I mean, I know technically everyone's around for Christmas, but like I don't necessarily feel like I had to get most of my friends Christmas gifts, but I do feel like I had to get most of my friends birthday gifts, uh. if that makes sense. Especially if they invite me to like their birthday party. Like I don't get every single human being I know full on Christmas gifts. Okay, does that mean you're sending me a present, Michael? <laughs> I don't know. I had definitely considered it. I was trying to think about what to get you. I don't really know what to get you. Oh, that's silly. Don't give me anything. It's fine. So I guess that's good advice either way, which is is gift pooling. You can get a really amazing gift Mm -hmm. if you have a pool of people. Or I know a lot of poly people who basically 
try and divide the normal amount of money that you would give out in gifts to people by the number of partners they have and then work with other people to make up the difference so that everyone's getting the same amount of gifts that they would basically have gotten if they were monogamous so not really additional gifts for being poly it's a budget thing it's how much money you're you have in your group right or you don't have a lot of money or if you used to give really ostentatious gifts but you know also pull your money to pay for a party too for you sure. know you've got more resources for a party somebody can do a cake somebody can do the music somebody can do the decorations mm -hmm. use your poly partners for that and pooling labor and pooling locations like if one of you has yeah. a really great party house that you love to have parties at like that makes that really easy you know what about bringing metas to your other partners you know bringing one partner to another partner's birthday party do you need to get that approved do you need to get that communicated that you're going to do that? I think you need to get communicated anytime you're going to bring a guest to anything. I always dislike partner, I dislike the idea that people are auto invited by virtue of partnership or connection um, in any context. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. yeah, like that really this is like frustrating to me for sure. If I was having a birthday party and I was like, I'm inviting you and you just showed up with an extra person, I don't care who that person is. I would be upset. I might actually be less upset are less obviously upset if you brought like another partner because I would be concerned that you'd be reading that as being mad about your partner being there instead of being mad that you brought another person. Uh. But I would still be upset. I would still be like, I didn't want you to bring anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, and I'm not going to tell my metamor to get out, but I didn't invite them for a reason. <laughs> If I didn't invite them. Right. And uh, so I think you should ask because I think that's also obviously very person specific. So I definitely have this discussion a lot with Lissa where I will do something and she'll do something counter to the thing that I was doing or ask me if I wanted something. And depending on how good of a mood I'm in, I will not be as good at handling it and go, if I wanted that, I would have said so. Hmm. And she's like, oh, I would just have forgotten. And I'm like, that's true. You would have. And so we do have that problem. <laughs> But in that communication issue. But I, so I think you would ask, right? And if you were the kind of person that didn't care and didn't say things, you'd go, yeah, that's fine. And if the kind of person that did care, you'd say, well, no, I had a specific reason I wanted. Right. For my friend's party this year, for instance, I didn't have a lot of people around. And my friend's party was my two nesting partners, Lisa and Corey. And then my very good friend that I talk about sometimes, who I don't think I've ever used his name, and he probably wouldn't like it because he likes privacy. And we played a four player video game for the whole day. Hmm. So like if you brought brought someone as long as you were like this person isn't playing i would have been fine i guess but i would have wanted the the chance to tell you like let me be very clear i need you to play the game not them i don't want you swapping characters or oh okay yeah i want to play this game all the way through with my friends over the course of the next like two years like this was like the kickoff for like a game playing like every now and then mm -hmm. and so like i want you to be the person that plays the game so if they want to come and just like sit on your lap and watch while we play like okay but like i need you to be clear on what it is you're inviting them to right and set that expectation so if your party has a functional guest structure then that gets really Really relevant very quickly i think mm -hmm. and i think handling this with people who are new to poly is also a particularly difficult challenge how about the scripts that we have in the idea that you're supposed to have a particularly special type of relationship to your partner on their birthdays and that you might have to share that with someone else and that you might not even get to spend the night on their birthday or at the end of the party depending on what other partners need or want and what your partner wants 
think Pride Earth Days are a place where egos can get easily bruised, partly because it is so freeform. Mm -hmm. That's the big difference for me, the us as holidays. We talked about like, well, Christmas, the answer is definitely going to be what do my kids need is going to be how I navigate Christmas. Right. In the end. But for my birthday, it really is just what do I need? So I think it's a lot easier to take that personally if I'm like, well, I would like to go home with Lissa at the end of my birthday party. I definitely had a partner that was not okay with me spending my birthday with someone else. You want to talk a little bit about that? It just sucked. (laughs) (laughs) They just, that was kind of their thing. Like they just, they would find a concert on the day of my birthday, make reservations at a restaurant the day of my birthday to make sure to kind of piss on it. Does that make sense? Oh, 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 to market. You mean to market as theirs, kind of? Yeah, to market, to claim it. That wasn't always what I wanted to do, but it was very important for them to spend my actual birthday with me. What did you do with that? I mean, I mean, given that you're the person that said on Valentine's Day, I'd take a bubble bath. What did you... To be honest, I, I just I just let him do it. It just wasn't worth the fight. Was this when you were younger or is this... It was fairly recent. I would say fairly recent. My other partners didn't mind. They didn't... You know, it wasn't about the date for them. Yeah. So... It was just about me for them. I just felt like my other partner was kind of making my birthday about them and what they were doing for me and them spending time with me, which looking back was kind of a theme in the whole relationship. But I think a lot of people don't get that, that if you're trying to take over someone's birthday, it's not actually about that person anymore, even if you're doing it, quote, for them, right, especially if they clearly aren't happy with it. And we talked about the reason that you do the bubble bath thing on Valentine's Day or any holiday and that we would suggest it here is not only for the partners that you have, but the partners that you might have. So like it might Mm -hmm. feel like less of a fight to let that person do that now. But if they get used to doing that and then you get a new partner who also cares, now you're going to have a fight. Then it's a fight. Yeah. Then you have to displace a bad habit that you've let somebody have for a very long time that's a much worse fight so if that ever comes up you're having a much worse fight on the back end of that and again your birthday should be about you it should be so you should celebrate you as well yeah you should definitely celebrate your birthday the way that you want to celebrate your birthday so if you have a partner that's doing something like that you should definitely call them out on it and say look i don't want you to schedule things on my birthday without talking to me i have a lot of other people that i'm working around my schedule with that Mm -hmm. i want to see on my birthday and if you do i'm just not doing that thing right and that's what i should have done i should have absolutely done that but i just didn't have the spoons to fight it sure well and i think it's one of those things for me where like if it happened the first time i probably would just go with it because they already bought the thing Mm -hmm. unless i thought they could return it or whatever but i would then tell them like not then because i don't want to make it sound like i'm mad at them then but like or ungrateful or yeah i would set a timer on my calendar alert to be like six months through the year so halfway to my next birthday (laughs) let's Uh, talk about if you're still dating this person (laughs) pull them aside and say if you buy shit for my birthday event stuff without telling me I will not go so that they have enough of an expectation lead. This is the upside to discounting future happiness. So we know that one of the biggest problems that humans have is we discount future happiness. More pronounced in kids. So the benchmark studies are like you take a five-year-old, you give them an amazingly looking brownie and you say, all right, I'm going to leave the room for an hour. If you don't eat this, you get two brownies. But if you do, you get this one brownie. And most kids cannot wait an hour and they'll come back and the brownie's gone. Right. A couple kids can, but for most people, the thing is that we know is the first further something is in the future, especially relevant to like regular time frames, the less we're emotionally attached to it. So six months before mm-hmm. your birthday, telling someone you can't do shit for my birthday is like the, the emotional punch just isn't there. It's almost an entirely actual intellectual discussion at that point, because it's just so far away, their right. brain can't really imagine that you're turning them down. It's processing the discussion for what it is and not for the fact that they're just were about to buy you something and you told them to stop and now they're right. upset or they did buy you something and you told them to give it back and now they're upset. We dated for a couple years and, and I don't think I realized they were doing it 
it until like year two or three. And I was like, I think they're doing this on purpose. Like, I think that this is, like I said, I think they're marking my birthday. And I think it's fine not to notice because I wouldn't assume that either. I wouldn't assume that. But when I did notice I would do this like for the next time, be like, don't do that. Although I also would be kind of worried that's a little bit of a weird warning sign that they're trying to knowing you're polyamorous and you have multiple partners that they've been intentionally stealing your birthday. I would probably have that conversation with them, to be honest, like that conversation. Like if I was at year three, Mm -hmm. I would feel comfortable enough with a partner to go. I just noticed that it feels like you're intentionally trying to power play my other partners out of seeing me on my birthday. And I know they don't actually care about the date, but that's really troubling that it appears that you're doing this on purpose for some reason. Right. And can we talk about why you're doing that? Why I would like you not to do that. And what's funny is that, you know, we've talked about it before. I've always been kind of protective of Valentine's Day as being my day. And they tried to do it for Valentine's Day one mm-hmm. year, but I was all already very conscious of of protecting that day and, and it being for me. And uh, I put it, I put the kibosh on it. Mm-hmm. But it, it took it took a couple years to realize that it was happening with my birthday. Like, I just thought they were being sweet. <laughs> well, and I think that they also were. You know, I definitely think a lot of this kind of stuff is not stuff that people think about. Like, if you come from a place where you value doing things on the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I value doing things on the day, especially birthdays in a sense, because I know birthdays are one of the ones that most people especially don't care about doing on the day. But I always like to do at least something on the day of my birthday mm-hmm. for my birthday, because what makes it special is it that it's my birthday. That's the only thing that makes it special is that it's that day of the year. Yeah. So a lot of other things are like seasonally related, you know, they're related to like moon cycles or the related to religious cycles there's a whole area around that space but your birthday the only thing that's special is that it is your birthday so like what i did for the longest time when i was a kid was i always took it off from school uh-huh. i just took that day off and i got to have the whole day off from school and then have my party at night with my friends and stuff yeah so i could see if that was the background i was in i used to be really into celebrating people's birthdays on their birthdays to try and make them feel special mm-hmm. and a lot of people would be like well i don't do plans on my birthday because it might not be a hot weekend and it's too hard and so i'd plan something special for the evening so you could imagine doing that sort of sub conscious level because doing things on the day is the most important to you Mm -hmm. you're doing extra effort to be able to also celebrate their birthday on the day and you're just not and you're just not thinking about the other partners because they aren't important to you that the metamors are not that important to you but that's just it is that they never thought about any of my other partners because they weren't important to them yeah Well, that's an interesting one because that's a dynamics question because obviously a lot of people have metamors that don't know each other. Yeah. Either don't interact with each other well or often or care that much about each other. And that's part of the deal that you agreed to. I say, but if you care about your partner, care enough about your metamors to respect them at least because your partner does. Yes. That was exactly where I was going with that, which is if you care about your partner, you should know that they want their birthday to be with their metamors. They wouldn't have metamors if they didn't want them around for special occasions, probably. I mean, I guess they might have an exception to that. But for the most part, like, at least it should be their decision. You should talk to them and be very clear about that intent. Like, so that's a good point. I would say never book something for a partner's birthday on the day of without talking to them about it to make sure that it will work with Mm-hmm. their other partners or if you want it to be a surprise talk to all their other partners and make sure that it's okay with all of them and have them in on it which is good for a couple of reasons because if it's a surprise and you're not telling your partner the other people might make plans with them on that day that they do tell them about and then you'll be like surprise and they're like well i'm going oh shit 
out already. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So it's just good planning to talk to your mm-hmm. partners if you're trying to, your, sorry, your metamors, if you're trying to do something secretive. And if it's a surprise party, your metamor can distract them long enough for you to get the surprise going and actually score the surprise. Sure. And if it is a surprise party, you should probably be inviting all your metamors anyway. Because if you're inviting all the people that matter to your partner and not inviting your metamors to a surprise party, you're kind of... Again, this is about the person whose birthday it is. Yeah. Pay people in their currency, mm-hmm. not what you want to give them, but what they would want to get. Yep. Especially <laughs> on their birthday, people. Yeah, right. Especially on the day that celebrates that they exist as themselves. Yes. My brother and his first wife... He was an introvert and she's an extrovert. And every single year on his birthday, she threw him a big surprise party with like <laughs> 40 people. And every year on her birthday, he threw her a small intimate dinner with one or two friends. They both hated it every single time. That's so funny. They both liked the other person's birthday, but not their own birthday. Yeah. And I was like, can you not just switch? You know who that person is, right? <laughs> Right. Like you said, because it wasn't about it wasn't about the birthday person. It was about them and what they wanted. Yeah. Well, and that's a hard one, too, because I think honestly, I mean, they were obviously very young and so not mature, super mature at the time. But I honestly think that that one was a hard one because I think it was about my brother, who is an introvert, it not being realistic for him to throw a big party, Uh. that it would have burned out every single part of his bulb to try and connect with 40 people he barely knew to get them to come to a party. And then his partner being mad that her party was always this tiny introvert party that she didn't want. And so throwing the party that she wished she would get as like a, I don't know if it was vengeance per se, but compensation, I think. So that would be one of those good places to have that talk, frankly, that I also don't think my brother had the maturity to do and say, I know you want a bigger party than I can throw you. Right. Can you help me throw you a big party? It won't be a surprise party because I don't think I can do that. Or to talk to, you know, some of her friends or have me throw the party or something like because I was her friend too, and I can definitely throw a party, you know. So, like, talk to other friends who can throw a party and say, Can you guys throw a big party? Yeah. Again, a great way, a great place for your metamorphs to come in. You're not alone. If you are introverted, definitely either share the load with all the other introverts or find the extroverted metamor. Tag somebody in. If that's what your partner would want. Obviously, yeah. if your partner's not extroverted, then don't tag the extrovert in to make a giant extrovert party. No. Make a nice, quiet hibachi dinner or something like that. Man, poly birthday. It's been a long time since I had a poly birthday. Actually, I had two partners on my birthday. This is kind of the first one in a long time that I haven't had a poly birthday. So it's actually been really quiet and I've kind of enjoyed it. I already told Mandy this, but my new partner and I broke up. So I am back to not having a second partner again. <sighs> I'll be alone. I think that pretty much wraps up the birthday stuff. I can't think of anything else, Michael. Really, the general idea of birthdays and navigating birthdays while you're poly is really just remember that the birthday is about the birthday person. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you keep that in mind, that a lot of it will come much easier if you just Mm -hmm. focus on the person that the day is about and what that person would want. And if you're not sure, ask them. For sure. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Don't forget to share and like our posts and our pages. Good night. Night.